Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Yep, nice to talk. Christopher Russo, how are you today, okay? Doing well. How are you? Doing well, Jeff. It's a pleasure. Uh, let's go through the specifics of the games first and get your thoughts on a couple other things. Number one, layoff for Denver. Ten days. A problem or not for game one? Well, I think you have to weigh in totality. You know, the rest is always going to be helpful. But I do think in the first half, Miami has an advantage. One time, I uh, we had a big layoff right before we played Miami in a playoff series. Same sort of thing, like eight or nine days. And we did a lot of contact even, trying to stay sharp. But it's not the same. And we played a you know, uh, below average first half. But I think, you know, the second half we were much better. I think Denver will follow the same suit. I think they'll not be as sharp first half, second half. I think they'll play better. Whether that's good enough to win the game, we'll see. But I I think it is is an early advantage for Miami. And I remember that series with uh, the Knicks and the Heat. That was a big topic. Number two, is altitude a huge factor in Denver's favor in this series, and has it been throughout the playoffs? Well, I think you don't acclimate in a couple days. So Miami's been here a couple days. I think the altitude is a factor both here and in Utah. Uh, It certainly, I think, impacts you most right off the bat in that first uh, six, eight minutes of of the first quarter. And then I think you can adjust. And I think some teams – you know, in the regular season, we'll rotate more people in early. I don't know if that'll happen in a in a finals game, but I think it certainly is their advantage, uh, you know, to start the game one. No, no question. All right. Based on the pattern that with both teams we've had here, Denver's won game one of every playoff series, Minnesota, Phoenix, and the Lakers, and they really set the tempo of the Lakers series, 37-25 in that first quarter of game one, while the Heat, and they've started on the road all three times, have won the first game, Milwaukee, Knicks, and Boston. Does that make this first game extra significant in this best of seven? I don't think it makes it extra significant, but the stats are what the stats are. You win the first game of a series, uh, you have a, a much higher rate of success in winning the whole thing. Uh, if you win two, the first to win two games in a row uh, in a series, regardless of if it's the first two, it's the next two, you know, you have a 90% chance to win a series. So the stats are real. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome the odds, but certainly game one is important. And we'll see how Miami handles it with the two days off. Do you, the connectivity that the Heat have. They beat Milwaukee and Boston. You know, they lost Hero. Came out of the eighth, uh, you know, the last, they're down by three to Chicago in the playing game after having lost to Atlanta. There's a lot of belief there. Now, Denver's got belief too, but belief for an underdog sometimes is a little more significant than belief for a team that won 50-something games. So how about the belief aspect of Miami? They think right now that they're due to win this. Karma's on their side. Look what they did. Game seven in Boston. Beat the Bucks and figured out a way to beat the Knicks. That's got to go a long way. What's your take with that? Well, there's no doubt. It, they beat the team, you know, the teams with the two best records in the NBA. Milwaukee won 58, Boston won 57. And to win a championship, they're going to have to beat 
a 53-win number one seed in the Western Conference. So they certainly haven't, you know, avoided uh, the the best teams in the NBA. And I think so much of their season was marred by injury that they're not, you know, they finished seventh in the standings, and then they got placed in the eighth spot because they lost that play-in game to Atlanta like you spoke about. And, you know, it's just funny to me, Chris, that we're ready to anoint Miami when eight weeks ago we were ready to crucify them for their lackluster regular season. And if they would have, if Chicago would have held on and made, you know, beat them, they would have lost two home games in the play-in. And, you know, that's just how close it is between success and failure. And now they feel like they can do no wrong, that they have, like you mentioned, karma, that they're, they're the team of destiny where, you know, six, eight weeks ago, they were almost a frustrated uh, team that had an underachieving year. Uh, so you do think that's an advantage. Who had a harder path in your eyes? Denver with the Timberwolves, Suns of the Lakers, or Heat with the Bucks, Knicks, Celtics? Definitely uh, Miami. All three games starting on the road. Two best records in the league. A good Knicks team. Uh, and then... The way they went to Boston and and just dominated Game Seven after you know losing such a heartbreaking heartbreaking Game Six at home, uh, that is one of the great uh, Game Sevens that you'd ever see played. Particularly when you factor in the heartbreak that they just endured forty eight hours before. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. They showed a lot of. Uh, listen, let's give Boston some grief, but they showed a lot of guts. We knew they had it, and they, they, they showed it to us there on, on Monday night. All right, two stars and two great stars on one end. Maybe I have Lockery on a lot, the old coach, and he thinks that, and this is a guy who they played against Russell, he thinks that uh, from an offensive perspective, Jokic is the best offensive skill player he's ever seen at the position. And that's a guy who played against Wilt. Russell coached against cream. That's high praise. And then they got Murray. We all know how good he is. He scored 30 and a half uh, against the Lakers in game two, or is it game three? Game three. And then on the other side, you really only have the one great player in Butler. So I got two greats to one great. How big an advantage of that in your eyes is that to Denver? Well, I think Jokic is on a different level than everybody else uh, offensively in this series. I mean, he, his ability to score, uh, with such versatility, post-up, uh, catch-and-shoot jump shots, three-point jump shots, and then his passing ability just sets him apart. I think he and Murray form a great tandem. And I think for Miami, you know, everybody knows about Butler. He struggled a lot in the last uh, five games of that series against Boston. But he and Adebayo have very, very similar type of chemistry. Adebayo is an excellent passer in his own right. He's got great quickness off the dribble. I think uh, Jokic is going to give Adebayo some issues like he would anybody, but Adebayo can give him some issues going off the dribble, playing pick and roll with Butler and challenging the lateral quickness of Jokic. So I'm really fascinated by uh, the matchup uh, between, you know, the synergy that, Butler and Adebayo have, I think, is a little bit undersold. 
Interesting point, Jeff Van Gundy, game one tomorrow night. I think the big advantage for the Heat, Jeff, besides, you know, maybe a harder path, karma, and all the good things that you've discussed, they do have a better bench. I mean, Denver's got one guy, forget Jeff Green, Denver's got one guy off that bench, and he's a good player in Brown, but that's it. They play six guys. And Miami can play Robinson there. If they get Hero back, they got Lowry they can maneuver with. They got about an extra guy or two that they can maneuver in this series, which I think gives them an advantage from that standpoint. Agree or disagree with that? Well, I think Miami's gotten terrific contributions uh, from Robinson, who, you know, didn't have really a very good regular season. His minutes were cut. His responsibilities were lessened. And he's really come back and played well. I love the competitor that Kyle Lowry is, even as he gets older. Uh, Just a tremendous, tremendous uh, competitor. You know, Martin was on the bench. Now he's starting. That'll be interesting to see. Same with the hero story line. Does he come back? If he does come back, do do they play him or do they roll with the group they've got going right now? If they do use him, how much? And on Denver, you know, Bruce Brown's had a tremendous year. I love Jeff Green as uh, like another guy like Jokic who's just a guy who makes the right play every time. And then to me it's interesting, do they go to the eight? Do they give Christian Brown, the rookie, another opportunity? They took him out in game four of the Western Conference Finals. Do they just go with seven? Do they add Brown back in? Or do they add somebody different in? I think that'll be an interesting uh, thing to look for early in game one. Who's pound for pound in your eyes a better team? Denver. How much thing? How much has to break right? Now Miami can win, but Denver's got more talent. How much has to break right in your eyes for the Heat to pull off another upset? Yeah, I don't look at it like it would be a huge upset. I, I don't look at it like they have a puncher's chance. I think they have a real chance. They defend They have a uniqueness from a toughness, both mental and physical. Uh, When they shoot the ball like they have at points in these playoffs from three, you know, they they really struggled to score all regular season. They didn't shoot it well. And then when they started in the playoffs, they've been on this run of, of great shooting. So, if they shoot the ball well, their defense is going to keep them in games, and, and they've got a terrific closer in Jimmy Butler, just like uh, you know Denver has the option of Jokic or Murray. They've got a lot of opportunities as well. So you think pound for pound Denver's better, but Miami's got a fighting chance. I basically totally agree with you uh, on both those points. All right, how about the officiating in this series and the officiating overall in the postseason? I know you've had a lot of comments on it. Let me hear. Go ahead. Well, I, I have more – I have uh, – other than just I, – I don't like the whole review process, Chris. I don't like how it slows the game down. I don't like how there's no punishment in-game or after-game for flopping anymore. Uh, I think that hurts our game. I think it makes a more difficult game to officiate. And I think – but I, I think what I don't like the most is how I think too many people think – that analyzing officiating should be out of bounds or who the officials are and the calls they make don't matter. I think they matter very much. And I think that's why they should be highly compensated because they do have a huge impact on how a game is either won or lost. 
the two teams on the floor have a huge impact on the outcome, so too do the officiating. I think we have a very young officiating crew. We've lost a number of great officials either to retirement or they go into the front office of the NBA. Yeah, Monty McCutcheon, Salvatore, Joey Crawford. There's a main guy, Devaney. You're right, Bavetta. There's a lot of guys who have left in the last four or five years. Mike Callahan, a a lot of guys. Yeah. It's a it's a total rebuilding situation, and and so there's I'm not blaming when I speak about officiating I'm talking about individual calls I'm talking the other thing that I don't think they do a good job of is they allow certain players on certain teams to act in a way of like how they talk to the officials they will allow a lot more rope versus other teams, other players that they give a lot less rope to. So I think there's things that can be improved, and I think they should be looked at just like you look at teams need to improve. So uh, I, have no, I have no problem with officials. I, have, I do think there are some rule changes. I think there should be uh, more stringent punishment for flopping and deceiving referees because I think it's a really hard game to referee when you then – compound it with all the flopping, embellishing, and exaggerating that players do because they know there's no punishment and they can trick officials at times. 100%. Miami's been and won some titles. Denver hasn't. You've been to Denver now a little bit in this postseason. They haven't won an NBA championship in their 47 years of existence. They did not win an ABA championship either. They lost the last ABA title to Julius in six games. They blew a 23-point lead in the third quarter of game six. They won 60 games that year. So how about the emphasis of basketball in Denver, Jeff? Did you get a little glimpse of that in the Lakers series? How about that for a second? Yeah, and I think it happens – Chris, even, you know, if you get an all-time great who also plays in such an unselfish manner, people are going to come. They're going to be interested. And there's going to be a renaissance uh, with basketball fans. And Jokic is all of that and more. And he's young. What is he, 27, 28? Um, they, could, they could have this guy another 10 years. And so uh, I, I think it's just a wonderful time. And I love when teams and organizations that haven't generally had great playoff success have it. I think it's good for our sport uh, that if you're a well-managed, well-run team, that you don't have to be in the biggest market uh, or have great, great tradition in history. You too can win. And I think what Michael Malone and his staff have done, the roster that Calvin Booth has put together as the general manager, it fits. They make sense. And they could be on a good, good run here over the next three to five years. I agree. Uh, I'll pick Denver in six. You want to oblige? You want to lay low? What do you want to do there? Go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't really love picking, uh, but I, I do think it's a much more even series than I think some are talking about. With the, I think I've seen some people really think that you know Denver is clearly the better team. I think they were in the regular season, but I think that under underscores and undersells just what a tough road Miami has navigated in the playoffs. I think it's a factor. It's going to help them. Jeff, enjoy it. We'll watch every second. You'll do a great job. Thanks for the help here today. Appreciate it very much, as usual. Anytime. Take care. 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.